There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, it's Seat Kulazinac. Welcome to the Arsenal Audio Program. Legends 2018 Saturday, 8th September 2018 Arsenal Legends v Real Madrid Legends Kickoff 2pm Contents Welcome News Manager David Seaman Arsenal Legends Campo 1962 Robert Pires Foundation Par 1999 Paul Burgess Mesut Ozil 2006 Alvaro Arbeloa 2006 Real Madrid Legends Davor Suka 2008 Highbury Heroes Teams Welcome. Welcome to our second Legends match at Emirates Stadium. Following the success of our game in 2016 against Milan Glory, we are once again delighted to see some of our greatest players returning and putting on the Arsenal shirt to play against such esteemed opposition, Real Madrid Legends. We thank all of the players from both teams for supporting the Arsenal Foundation projects locally and around the world through their participation in our Legends match. Today we're not just watching some all-time footballing greats on the pitch. Together we are celebrating the inspiring courage, strength and determination of the children we are reaching through our life-changing projects in partnership with Save the Children. Most recently, our partnership with Save the Children has deepened even further. Together we have created a new and innovative football coaching project for young people, which will combine our unique privileged position to use the Arsenal name, our values of being together and our local experience of working with disadvantaged young people with Save the Children's expertise of supporting children in some of the world's toughest environments. Our Coaching for Life project will help thousands of young people build robust, resilient skills to move beyond their experiences of displacement, violence and trauma towards a productive and fulfilling life. 
with initial projects in Indonesia's city slums and Tsar Atari refugee camp, we hope to expand this program to many other communities and countries so as to reach an ever-increasing number of young people needing support. I am personally so grateful and proud that the Arsenal and Save the Children families are working together in this pioneering way. Former players Ray Parler, Alex Scott, Martin Kion and most recently Per Mertesacker have visited our projects in Indonesia, Iraq, Za'atari refugee camp, witnessing the enormous challenges faced by the young people we support and inspiring and encouraging them on their life journey. Our thanks to Ray, Alex, Martin and Per for opening their hearts and giving their invaluable time and commitment to the Arsenal Foundation. Once again, thank you for your generosity in supporting the Arsenal Foundation and enjoy the game. Signed, Svenja Geismar, Chair, the Arsenal Foundation, Arsenal Football Club. Ten years ago, the Real Madrid Foundation held the very first Corazon Classic match, an annual charity game that takes place at the Estadio Santiago Bernabeu. Since then, the match has become a must-see event for all our fans. We would like to place on record our appreciation to Arsenal legends who have joined the list of great European clubs to have taken part in the Real Madrid Foundation's Corazon Classic match. AC Milan, Bayern Munich, Manchester United, Juventus, Liverpool, AS Roma, Ajax and Internazionale. The match will feature some legendary players who we are sure will provide plenty of entertainment for the fans. However, the most important thing is that all of us are going to be making a contribution to a good cause. It's a great honour for us to be welcoming a team with as much history as Arsenal FC for this celebration of football and charity. We consider Arsenal to be our friends. They are a legendary club that has won numerous trophies and, most importantly, is synonymous with the values of sport, something they share with Real Madrid and all the club's fans. Emilio Butragino, Director Institution Relations, Real Madrid. Today's Legends match is a chance to celebrate football's capacity to excite, inspire and unite people. It's also a day to recognise the power of football to improve the lives of vulnerable children and the work the Arsenal Foundation does to help children in the UK and around the world. For seven years, our partnership has brought football to children in war-torn and poverty-stricken areas of the world, providing relief and bringing hope back into their lives. We have built football pitches in Iraq, Somalia, Indonesia and Jordan, which have provided 35,000 vulnerable children with a safe space to play. Today, we are taking our partnership up a league. Money raised from this Legends match will help Arsenal and Save the Children to launch a new programme, Coaching for Life, in Indonesia and Jordan. Through this programme, we want to build children's inner strength, helping them to cope with the challenges they face every day. More children than ever are being caught in the crossfire of war and violence. In Jordan, we will bring hope to Syrian refugee children who have been forced to flee their homes after witnessing horrors that no child should ever see. In Indonesia, we will support children living in urban slums who are at risk of violence, extreme hunger, exploitation and child marriage. We can't change their past, but by working together we can change their futures. 
combining saves the children's capacity and experience of child protection with the football skills and sports for development expertise of Arsenal, we have developed a coaching model which aims to improve 4,500 girls' and boys' physical, mental and emotional well-being. The goal is clear. Together, Arsenal and Save the Children will coach these children towards a better future. On behalf of everyone at Save the Children, a heartfelt thank you for coming to today's Legends Match. Your support will give children like Mohammed and Riziki the power to change their lives, the lives of those around them, and, ultimately, the power to change the world. Kevin Watkins, CEO, Save the Children. Save the Children, Case Studies. Rizki means business. Rizki has a special talent, and thanks to Save the Children and the Arsenal Foundation partnership, he now has the chance to express it. On a pitch we've built in Jakarta, Indonesia, 15-old Rizki picks up possession, he cuts in from the left flank, zips past four defenders, and fires into the net. There's no better feeling than kicking the ball and starting to run. Hearing people shouting cheered me and my teammates up, he says. Rizki's ability has seen him selected for trials to represent Indonesia at the Street Child World Cup. He's just one of nearly 600 children who've benefited from the partnerships program in Jakarta. It gives vulnerable boys and girls from the city's slums a safe place to play and learn about more than just football. What they discover here about teamwork, relationships, staying safe and their rights can change their lives forever. Together we're changing young lives in Indonesia and Jordan. Mohammed's making his mark. No day passes without Mohammed playing football. His granddad was watching closely as he's built confidence and thrived in the beautiful feeling out on the field. Mohammed was forced to flee Syria when he was just nine years old. He has spent six of his most formative years in Ja'atari refugee camp in Jordan. Every single day he plays at the pitches built by the Arsenal Foundation and Save the Children. He also comes to our child-friendly space where he makes friends and learns about his rights. I love playing football. It's a beautiful feeling, says Mohammed. I forget everything when I'm on the pitch. My grandfather says the program has built my self-esteem and confidence. It's beautiful to watch Mohammed grow, says his grandfather. We're so grateful to save the children, for guiding the children and keeping them on the right path. This concludes the welcome section of this communication. News. Thank you. We would like to thank you all very much for your attendance this afternoon. Together you are helping us to raise money for the Arsenal Foundation which will go towards bettering the lives of those around the world who most need our help. All proceeds from today's programme are also going towards helping with that effort. The Arsenal Foundation understands the impact football pitches can have on a community. They provide a safe place to play, a chance for children to escape challenging circumstances, the opportunity to establish friendships, develop skills, build confidence and can provide a route to new opportunities. They are catalysts for community life and use the Arsenal name to motivate young people to fulfil their potential. Today, we're not just watching some all-time footballing greats on the pitch. 
Together, we are celebrating the inspiring courage, strength, and determination of the children we are reaching through our life-changing projects in partnership with Save the Children. Svenja Geismar, Chair, the Arsenal Foundation. Nelson's New Deal. Rhys Nelson has signed a new long-term contract with the club, ahead of a season-long loan move to Bundesliga side Hoffenheim. A product of our Hale End Academy, Rhys has made 16 first-team appearances. The 18-year-old forward was named Premier League 2 Player of the Year last season, after impressing for our title-winning under-23s. He is an England youth international, having played up to under-19 level. It's a very big chance for him, and the level there is important, Yune Emery said. We think, because he is very young, he needs to take a new level to play, a new level also to get minutes, to get experience. All the best for your time in Germany, Rhys. We look forward to your continued development with us. Rules and Regulations should this afternoon's match finish as a draw after 90 minutes, the game will go straight to a penalty shootout. We were beaten 2-1 by Real Madrid legends back in June, but today's meeting is not the second leg of that fixture, and therefore Luis Boamorte's goal at the Bernabeu will not count as an away goal. Additionally, rolling substitutes will be used, meaning players can return to the pitch at any stage. And make sure you stay in your seats at full time, as players will be completing a lap of appreciation to thank you for your tremendous support. New traffic barriers. Supporters attending today's match will find some new traffic barriers in use. The barriers are being installed in roads adjoining Emirates Stadium as part of our ongoing efforts to keep supporters safe. The move follows extensive discussions with the Metropolitan Police and Islington Borough Council. Player Escorts Welcome to the Player Escorts, selected from our junior gunners, who won a competition to take to the pitch with our legends this afternoon. We're sure you will have an amazing day. Junior Gunners Welcomes Alfie Charles A big happy birthday to Alfie, here today watching the Arsenal legends with his family and looking forward to an Arsenal win. Love Mummy, Daddy and Brother Archie. There are photographs in the hard copy of this programme of the boys with their dads, Robbie and Simon. The Wenger Revolution Updated It's a staple for all Arsenal fans and we're pleased to announce that the Wenger revolution has been updated to include coverage of Arsene Wenger's final season as our manager. The book, which features a vast and captivating collection of images, is captioned with personal anecdotes from Wenger himself, as he reminisces about the significant moments and people that defined his time at the club. The Wenger era is chronicled from the very beginning, with distinctive photographs taken from inside the inner sanctum of the club by official Arsenal photographer Stuart McFarlane, who has had privileged access for many years. Award-winning journalist Amy Lawrence introduces each section to set the scene. Some proceeds from all book sales go to the Arsenal Foundation, and the book can be found in club outlets and at all good bookshops. 
We have three Venga Revolution books to give away, signed by Stuart and Amy. For a chance to win one of them, answer the following question correctly. Who scored the last goal of Arsene Wenger's managerial tenure? Email your answers to program at arsenal.co.uk Deadline for entries, Friday, September the 14th, 2018 Pair Launches Coaching for Life Programme Former Arsenal captain and current Arsenal Academy manager Per Mertesacker has recently returned from Jordan, where he visited Zaha Atari refugee camp to launch a new coaching programme, which has been co-developed by Arsenal and Save the Children to build children's courage and inner strength through football. Over the last seven years, millions of children have been caught in the crossfire of the brutal war in Syria, witnessing horrors that no child should ever see. Za'atari is the world's second-largest refugee camp and hosts nearly 80,000 Syrian refugees. More than half of its population are children, and many have been living there for six years. Working as one team, the Arsenal Foundation and Save the Children have combined their expertise to create a unique new programme to improve the mental and physical well-being of children living in the camp. The programme has been developed by Save the Children's child protection and psychosocial experts and Arsenal in the community's sports for development experts. The programme will incorporate a train-the-trainer model, where Arsenal football coaches will be trained to teach the football coaching modules to local coaches in Jordan. The new football programme is targeting some of the most vulnerable children in the camp, focusing on children who are out of school or engaged in child labour, as well as girls at risk of being forced into early marriage. Coaching for Life is not only bringing hope to Syrian refugee children, it's also supporting children from Indonesia's city slums, where thousands are at risk of exploitation and violence. The project aims to reach 4,500 girls and boys over three years, and the programme consists of seven modules run over 20-week cycles to enhance the life skills and well-being of vulnerable children. The goal is clear. Together, Arsenal and Save the Children will give these children back their childhoods, help them to fight back from their shattered lives, and coach them towards a better future. You can find out more about Pear's visit in his own words later in this recording. Thanks, Selkirk. We would like to say a huge thank you to Selkirk Berelgen, who is leaving our football for therapy group with freedom from torture. Selkirk is a clinical therapist who has worked on the programme since it was created six years ago, and has been instrumental in the success of the project, helping many individuals who are in need of support. On behalf of the group and Arsenal Football Club, thank you, Selkirk. Europa League Group E details. This season's Europa League group stages have been determined, and we will be lining up in Group E, alongside Sporting Clube de Portugal, Carabag FK, Azerbaijan, and FC Forskleportava, Ukraine. Here's the schedule. Match day one. Arsenal versus Forskla Poltava. Thursday, September the 20th. Kickoff, 8pm UK time. Venue, Emirates Stadium. 
Match day two. Carabag versus Arsenal. Thursday, October the 4th. Kickoff, 5.55pm UK time. Venue, TBC. Match day three. Sporting CP versus Arsenal. Thursday, October the 25th. Kickoff, 5.55pm UK time. Venue, Jose Alvalade Stadium. Match day four. Arsenal versus Sporting CP. Thursday, November the 8th. Kickoff, 8pm UK time. Venue, Emirates Stadium. Match day five. Forskla Poltava versus Arsenal. Thursday, November the 29th. Kickoff, 5.55pm UK time. Venue, TBC. Match day six. Arsenal versus Karabakh. Thursday, December the 13th. Kickoff, 8pm UK time. Venue, Emirates Stadium. Stay close to Arsenal.com for ticket information. Legendary Leaders David O'Leary, Manager, Arsenal Legends Welcome to Emirates Stadium for what I'm sure will be a memorable occasion and another opportunity to watch some of the biggest names to have represented these two huge football clubs. The first game against Real Madrid in June was a wonderful trip. It's a lovely city, and I hadn't been to the Bernabeu for a few years. What made it extra special, though, was the atmosphere around the game. Was I expecting nearly 80,000 fans to be there? Not at all. When the coach went round the corner on the way to the game, I thought we were going into a Champions League match. The atmosphere was phenomenal. I said to our players before the game that Madrid will want to win. It will be exactly the same today. It's a friendly, of course, but these players have become legends precisely because they are winners, and when you get out there, that winning mentality comes back instantly. I enjoyed managing the side, and I'm looking forward to taking on Madrid in London this time around. But I tell you what, at one stage I thought I was going to have to get out there myself and play at 60 years of age, because we were running out of players. At half-time we were struggling a bit, and we had to get a few players through the game. I said to Nigel Winterburn, There's no point in looking over to me in the second half, because you are not coming off. It was the same for Ray Parler. So they all did really well, and they enjoyed it, which was what it was about. There are some truly legendary names on both sides, and they have kept themselves in shape, so I know we will be in for another great game today. You see the names like Robert Pires, Gilberto, Sol Campbell, each and every one of them is out there for what they did for Arsenal. The best thing is that just by kicking a ball around today, we can help so many people in so many ways. And for all the fans, just by being here today, you have supported the Arsenal Foundation and helped make a positive difference on a number of projects around the world. 
I think we underestimate the impact football can have on people who really depend upon our help and the money we can raise from events such as this. So, we want to show Real Madrid the same hospitality they showed us. We want everyone at the game to enjoy the occasion and we want to see a great game of football. And from all of that, we will raise vital funds for some great causes. Enjoy the match and hopefully... I won't have to pull my boots on. From Raul Gonzalez Blanco, Captain Real Madrid Legends. Dear Arsenal fans, I'm really excited to be here at Emirates Stadium today to play against one of the greatest teams in European football. I already had the chance to play against Arsenal back at the Santiago Bernabeu in the Corazon Classic match on June the 3rd as part of the Real Madrid Foundation's 20th anniversary celebrations. It was a fantastic opportunity to team up with the Foundation, which does so much work for thousands of children in need around the world. It's huge for footballers to be able to take part in events like Giants of Europe, where we'll again be taking on Arsenal legends. Not just because we get to experience that indescribable feeling you get when you're waiting in the tunnel, but also because it's a way for us to help those most in need while doing what we love the most. That is an enormous privilege. Arsenal legends have some wonderful players, including some that were competing in the Premier League until very recently. And while we're sure that there's going to be some great football played in a hotly contested game, the most important thing is that we're all going to be able to contribute to the betterment of our society through the Arsenal Foundation and save the children. My teammates and I are sporting role models, and with that comes social responsibility, which is why we believe that it's essential that the world of football continues to do its bit. Keeping up appearances. Name, David Seaman. Born, Rotherham, September 19th, 1963. Teams, Leeds United, Peterborough United, Birmingham City, QPR, Arsenal, Manchester City. Position goalkeeper, England caps stroke clean sheets, 75 stroke 40, Arsenal games stroke clean sheets, 564 stroke 237, the most of any Arsenal goalkeeper. During his time at Arsenal, David Seaman played more games, 564 of them, than any goalkeeper in the club's history but he admits he'll be nervous today. That's despite winning nine major honours over 13 years in North London and having already featured in both Arsenal Legends games to date. So has the former England international lost his bottle on the big stage? No, that's not quite what's bothering him. David, firstly, what have you been up to recently? A lot of fishing, a lot of golfing and at the moment getting ready for Real Madrid. Other than that, not a great deal of football, if I'm honest. It hurts the morning after a game. How would it feel to come back and play for Arsenal at the Emirates? Well, this group is special because it's a good mixture. There are some players that I played with, some that I didn't. And to go to Real Madrid's ground back in June was something special. I don't think I've ever played there before. I came once with England in a friendly, but I didn't play. What about nerves? Will you feel them on the morning of the game? 
Yeah, I will, because it's been a long time since I did it. So you're always wondering and a bit doubtful about whether your body can cope with it. The size of the crowd doesn't matter because it's what I used to do. I remember I played in Soccer Aid a few years ago with Robbie Williams and he was in front of me when we were going out at Old Trafford. There were 60,000 people there and he was jumping around in the tunnel. He was like, are you not nervous? And I went, no, this is what I used to do as a living and now there's no pressure. But it just shows you how it can get to you. Robbie was proper nervous, but I suppose I would be if I was doing his job in front of 10 people. It's great to come back and relive what you used to do because you don't get many chances. Of course, you took part in our first Legends game against Milan Glory in 2016. Who stood out in that match? Well, it certainly wasn't Ray. He only lasted two or three minutes. Pascal Sigan had a great game and obviously Robert Pires still trains lots and lots. But it was just great to see players that I'd not seen for years and years, even as much as 10 years since I'd seen Anders Limpar and people like that. It's just nice to come back and relive all the good memories. What's it like when you meet up with your former teammates again? Is there an instant understanding among you? Yeah, there's an instant understanding and instant respect as well. Because as footballers, you know what you have to go through. All the downtime, time spent around hotels and travelling and all that stuff, and training. The actual playing is the most pleasurable part of it. But when we meet up, it's great to go through old stories. Especially when you've got Ray around, because he remembers lots of them. You mentioned Anders Limpar. You arrived at Arsenal at around the same time. What do you remember about that? I remember that me, Anders and Andy Linnigan were the three signings that summer. We didn't know Anders, but then we saw in training he was special and he was so quick. He had a finish where he had hardly any backlift, so as goalkeeper you couldn't really tell when he was going to shoot. He would do it really quickly. Then he got the speed, the trickery, and he was a character as well. He was a good lad to have in the dressing room. It was a pretty special first season too. You ended it as a league winner. It was one of relief and joy. I wanted to go to a bigger club to see how good I could get. And in my first season, we won the league. Nottingham Forest beat Liverpool. And that meant we'd won the league while we were waiting to play Manchester United. I remember David O'Leary was doing an interview while I walked past and he said, Trust me, this will be one of many trophies that this goalkeeper wins. And it was true. I had Bob Wilson every day and that was one of the special bits. He used to come over to QPR and coach me once a week and obviously he'd gone back to George Graham and told him about me. So I went on to have Bob for another 15 years of my career at Arsenal and he's a very special friend. He's been my best man twice, so that's how much I love him. Bob was our goalkeeping coach for our last Legends game at Emirates Stadium. What made him such a good coach? What makes Bob special is that he used to give you confidence in training. He would do exercises where you would have to make two or three worldy saves. Ones that really turn a game or are really special. 
But if he made one of those saves, in the first two or three minutes, he'd say, right, out. And you'd go out of that session feeling so full of confidence because you'd make this great save. Finally, David, let's talk about Real Madrid. Who are you looking forward to facing today? When you look at the stars they've got, it's amazing. When I found out Dudek was playing, I couldn't remember him playing for Real Madrid. I remember him playing for Liverpool and doing his wobbly legs like Bruce Grobbler. It'll be nice to meet people like that. They've got some mega names there. and We've got some pretty decent players too. Arsenal legends, Gunnar Greats. A terrific £1 million was raised for the Arsenal Foundation's charitable causes when, in their inaugural match, the Arsenal Legends team swept aside Milan glory here at Emirates Stadium in 2006. A host of big-name fan favourites returned in red and white to draw a sell-out crowd, and ten players from that star-studded lineup returned today for what promises to be a thrilling afternoon of exhibition football. This gathering of former Gunners is a marvellous melting pot of players from the strong-willed George Graham era and the swashbuckling sides assembled by Arsene Wenger during 22 years at the helm. We welcome five newcomers. Anfield 89 hero Perry Groves, 1991 title winner David Hillier, the tough and technically gifted Stefan Schwartz, the clinical Croatian striker Davor Suka, and the immensely popular Thomas Rositsky, who last featured in a match here in January 2016. Sharing the responsibility of keeping a formidable opposing strike force at bay are what must be regarded as two of the finest shot stoppers to have kept goal for Arsenal at Highbury, David Seaman and his successor Jens Lehmann. In midfield, manager David O'Leary has at his disposal a selection of players who savoured the big occasion and had a track record of delivering the goods. At the turn of the century, when Wembley was being redeveloped and the Millennium Stadium in Cardiff was used as English football showpiece stage, Ray Parler and Robert Pires both scored crucial goals in winning FA Cup finals during a spell of great success for Arsenal in the competition. They're joined today by five fellow Invincibles, as Lehman, Sol Campbell, Pascal Sigan, Gilberto Silva and Jeremy Aliaderi all collected winners' medals at the climax of a historic campaign in which the Gunners became the first team since Preston North End in 1888-89 to complete an entire league season undefeated. Aside from the chemistry of that contingent, Arsenal can cause their Spanish counterparts problems through the doggedness of Gilles Grimandi, the enduring skill of Anders Limpar, the pacey runs of Luis Boamorte and the power of Julio Baptista, who is still playing top-level professional football. The endeavours of this Arsenal Legends team at club level duly earned them recognition at international level. Between them, they amassed a total of close to 900 caps for the eight different nations they represent. Beyond their achievements on the pitch, many have turned their attention to charity work. David Seaman's annual golf fundraisers, Robert Pires's involvement in grassroots soccer, and Gilberto's patronage of Street League, to name three. Today, the Arsenal Foundation is the beneficiary of the efforts of this excellent group of ambassadors of the club. Player Profiles David Seaman 
Position, Goalkeeper, born 19th of September 1963. Other clubs, Leeds United, Peterborough United, Birmingham City, QPR, Manchester City, Arsenal Games Stroke Clean Sheets, 562-237. David Safehand Seaman served Arsenal with distinction from his arrival in 1990 until his departure in 2003. He played all 38 league games in his debut season, conceding just 18 times as the Gunners lost only once to claim the title. During his stellar career, he established a reputation as an excellent penalty saver for club and country. But arguably, top of his highlights reel is an astonishing save against Sheffield United at Old Trafford in 2003 that booked Arsenal's place in the FA Cup final. David then captained Arsenal to victory over Southampton in the showpiece in Cardiff, his final game for the club. Jens Lehmann, position goalkeeper, born... 10th of November 1969. Other Cubs, Schalke 04, AC Milan, Borussia Dortmund, Stuttgart. Arsenal Games stroke clean sheets, 280. Lenz is a born winner. It's a fact evident even in exhibition matches such as this one. In June, the uncompromising German denied Thomas Rosicki from the penalty spot in the midfielder's own testimonial match. So, don't be surprised to see that fiercely competitive spirit on show again this afternoon. It's an attitude that served him very well during his career. Jens holds the record of remaining unbeaten in his first 47 Premier League games as the Invincibles man between the sticks. In response to a goalkeeping injury crisis in 2011, he came out of retirement to play his 200th match for Arsenal, a 3-1 win at Blackpool. Nigel Winterburn Position, defender, born, 11th of December 1963. Other clubs, Birmingham City, Oxford United, Wimbledon, West Ham United. Arsenal Games, stroke goals, 584-12. Nigel impressed in the Legends game back in Madrid at the start of the summer. The 54-year-old demonstrated a fine level of fitness when pitted against the marauding Luis Figo, and Alvaro Arbeloa, a performance that would surely have earned the praise of his fellow BT sports pundits. Viewed by George Graham as a long-term replacement for Kenny Sampson, Nigel joined Arsenal in 1987 and spent 13 seasons at the club, contributing consistency, fierce tackles, pinpoint crosses and the very occasional spectacular goal. His scorching strike in a thrilling 3-2 victory over Chelsea at Stamford Bridge on a sunny September's afternoon in 1998 is a Premier League classic. Sol Campbell, position defender, born 18th September 1974. Other clubs, Tottenham Hotspur, Portsmouth, Notts County, Newcastle United. Arsenal Games stroke goals, 211-12. Sol smuggling down Seven Sisters Road on a free transfer from Tottenham in 2001 is a story etched into Arsenal folklore. He was greeted with instant success, winning two league titles and two FA Cups in his first four seasons, while forging a formidable partnership with Colo Toure. An often unbeatable titan in defence for much of his career, Sol became the first man to score for Arsenal in a Champions League final in 2006 and returned for a brief second stint at the club in 2011.
He'll be hoping for more game time today than he managed for the Arsenal legends in Madrid, where he succumbed to injury just four minutes in. Pascal Sigan, position, defender, born 29th of April 1974. Other clubs, Waskahal, Lille, Villarreal, Cartagena, Arsenal game stroke goals, 98 stroke 3. Pascal began his senior career in the lower echelons of French football before joining Lille and making his Liga 1 debut in 1995. He became the bedrock of the side that finished third in their first season back in the top flight in 2000-2001 and was rewarded with the club captaincy. Moving to London the following summer as defensive cover for Sol Campbell and Martin Keown, Pascal featured 31 times in his first season for the Gunners. Arsenal conceded just one goal in his last seven games for the club in 2005-2006, after which he spent three seasons playing alongside Robert Pires and future gunner Santi Cazorla at Villarreal in Spain. Matthew Upson, position, defender, born 18th of April 1979. Other clubs, Luton Town, Nottingham Forest, Crystal Palace, Reading, Birmingham City, West Ham United, Stoke City, Brighton and Hove Albion, Leicester City, MK Dons. Arsenal game stroke goals, 57-0. Matthew arrived at Arsenal from Luton as a promising 18-year-old, but injury troubles coupled with stern competition for centre-back places limited his opportunities. He didn't feature in enough matches for a Premier League winner's medal in 1997-98, but played 14 times to get his hands on one in 2001-2002. After departing for Birmingham City in 2003, he forged a fine career in the top tier and went on to represent England 21 times. He scored twice for the three Lions, both times against Germany. The second came in his last cap, as England were eliminated from the 2010 World Cup. Gilles Grimondi, position, midfielder. Born 11th of November 1970. Other clubs Gap, Monaco, Colorado Rapids. Arsenal game stroke goals 176. Gilles was reunited with Arsene Wenger, his former coach at Monaco, upon joining Arsenal ahead of the double winning 1997 98 season and served the club for five years as a highly useful utility player who was deployed as a midfielder, centre-back and full-back. He featured in Dennis Bergkamp's testimonial, the first match staged here at Emirates Stadium in 2006, making a memorable contribution to proceedings in the shape of a dubious tackle on Edgar Davids to deny the former Tottenham midfielder when he was clean through on goal. He is now Arsenal's chief scout in France helping the club to acquire the likes of recent arrival Matteo Guendouzi. Ray Parler, position midfielder, born 7th of March 1973. Other clubs, Middlesbrough, Hull City, Wembley. Arsenal game stroke goals, 466-32. The Romford Pele is as talented with an anecdote as he was with the ball at his feet. A walking, talking treasure trove of priceless stories from the best part of 15 years playing at the highest level of the game. Ray came through the youth team to make his debut for George Graham's side in 1992 and later became a regular under Arsene Wenger. 
He was an instrumental figure in the double wins in 1998 and 2002, when he famously scored a thunderbolt against Chelsea in the FA Cup final and still holds the club record for most appearances in the Premier League with 333. He's a regular face on TV and radio and continues to serve Arsenal as a roving ambassador for the club. Anders Limpar, position, midfielder, born 24th of September 1965. Other clubs, IF Broma Pojkana, Ogieta, Young Boys, Cremonese, Everton, Birmingham, AIK, Colorado Rapids, Jure Gardens, Solentuna United, Arsenal Games Stroke Goals, 116-20. Arsenal's original Super Swede, Anders promptly set about wowing supporters following his £1 million arrival from Serie A in 1990. He became a title winner in his first season, aiding the cause with 11 goals in the league. These included a cheeky match-winning strike against Manchester United at Old Trafford, in a match infamous for the on-field brawl between the two sides, and a final-day hat-trick against Coventry City. He's arguably best remembered for his spectacular 45-yard lob against Liverpool in 1992, a fitting demonstration of his supreme skill in front of an adoring Highbury crowd. Gilberto Silva, position midfielder, born 7th of October 1976. Other clubs, America Minero, Atletico Minero, Panathinaikos, Gremio, Arsenal Games, Stroke Goals, 244-24. The Gunners bagged themselves a newly crowned World Cup winner when Gilberto joined the squad in 2002 fresh from lifting the trophy alongside the likes of Ronaldo, Rivaldo and Ronaldinho in Japan and South Korea. The Brazilian settled instantly, playing his favourite role of the invisible wall in midfield alongside Patrick Vieira, breaking up opposition attacks and feeding the likes of Pires and Lundberg. Although goal-scoring was never his forte, he did once hold the record for the Champions League's fastest goal scored after just 20 seconds in a 4-0 win at PSV in 2002. He also holds the distinction of lashing home Arsenal's very first goal here at Emirates Stadium in August 2006. Thomas Rositsky, position midfielder, born 4th of October 1980. Other clubs, Sparta Prague, Borussia Dortmund, Sparta Prague. Arsenal games stroke goals. 246-28. Thomas had scored two Champions League goals against Arsenal, one for boyhood club Sparta Prague and one for Borussia Dortmund, prior to his arrival from the Bundesliga in 2006. Initially deployed on the left of a four-man midfield by Arsene Wenger, the 105-cap former Czech Republic captain reinvented himself as a bustling central midfielder during his decade as a gunner. In spite of a succession of extended injury struggles, the little Mozart became a huge crowd favourite due to his wizardry on the ball, his full-blooded work ethic and an endearing knack for scoring in North London derbies. He retired in December 2017 after a season and a half back at Sparta Prague's. Perry Groves, position, midfielder, born 19th of April 1965. Other clubs, Colchester United, Southampton, Dagenham and Redbridge, Canvey Island. Arsenal Games, stroke goals, 
203-28. The Arsenal connection runs deep in the Groves family. Shortly before Perry was born in 1965, his uncle Vic called time on a nine-year spell as a player and former captain of the Gunners. Perry, a swift left winger who occasionally operated as a forward, began his own career at Highbury as manager George Graham's first signing for the club when he joined from Colchester United for £50,000 in September 1986. He often played the role of backup to the likes of Alan Smith, Brian Marwood and Kevin Campbell, but played a pivotal role in the club's first League Cup success in 1987 and became a two-time league title winner before joining Southampton in 1992. Robert Pires, position, midfielder, born 29th of October 1973. Other clubs, Metz, Marseille, Villarreal, Aston Villa, Goa. Arsenal game stroke goals, 284-84. To witness Arsenal's former number seven nipping up the wing in his trademark trotting style was to be in the presence of genius. A true talisman of the Invincibles, Robert was included in the PFA Team of the Year in three of his six seasons as a gunner in recognition of his exceptional vision, craft and flair. In 2008, he was voted the club's sixth all-time greatest player by supporters. Even in retirement, he's still at it, rekindling his connections with Freddie Lundberg to score for Arsenal legends against Milan Glory in 2016 and teeing up Luis Boamorte to score against Real Madrid legends at the Bernabeu in June. David Hillier, position midfielder, born 19th of December 1969. Other clubs, Portsmouth, Bristol Rovers, Barnet. Arsenal game stroke goals. 143-2. Tough tackling midfielder David is another of the George Graham contingent who will look forward to a first ever meeting with Real Madrid this afternoon. Born in South London, he moved north to join the Gunners as a schoolboy in 1984 and four years later he captained the side that beat Doncaster Rovers in the FA Youth Cup final just after signing his first professional contract. David made his first team debut in September 1990 and racked up 16 league appearances as Arsenal won the title in 1990-91. Although misfortune with injuries meant he missed out on the FA Cup, League Cup and Cup Winners' Cup successes of 1993 and 1994. He is now a regular contributor to Arsenal in-house matchday coverage. Luis Boamorte Position, forward, born, 4th of August 1977. Other clubs, Sporting Lisbon, Laureen Hanense, Southampton, Fulham, West Ham United, AEL, Orlando Pirates, Chesterfield. Arsenal game stroke goals, 39 stroke 4. The score of the Arsenal legends goal at the Bernabeu in the match in June, Luis first donned the red and white shirt as a 20-year-old against Southampton in August 1997. He featured mostly in cup competitions and as a substitute in the league during his two years in North London, but earned himself a title winner's medal prior to joining Southampton. He returned to and settled in London with Fulham and West Ham, and he enjoyed the best spell of his career at Craven Cottage, firing the Whites to the Division I title in 2000-2001 and earning the club's Player of the Season award in 2004-2005. 
Luis won 27 caps for Portugal and was part of the 2006 World Cup squad. Davor Suka, position, forward, born, 1st of January 1968. Other clubs, Osijek, Dynamo Zagreb, Sevilla, Real Madrid, West Ham United, 1860 Munich. Arsenal game stroke goals, 39 stroke 11. Davor wore the shirt of today's opponents for three seasons before switching to Arsenal in 1999. One year on from enjoying a fantastic World Cup in France. He claimed the golden boot with six goals in seven matches and came second only to Ronaldo in the player of the tournament vote as Croatia finished third. The pick of his goals during his season in North London was a masterful dipping effort against Sunderland at Highbury in January 2000. That summer he joined West Ham, one week after Nigel Winterburn had made the same move. He became the president of the Croatian Football Federation in 2012 and remains his national team's record goalscorer with 45 from 69 appearances. Jeremy Aliadieri Position, forward, born 29th of March 1983 Other clubs, Celtic, West Ham United, Wolves, Middlesbrough, Lorien, Um Salal Arsenal game stroke goals, 51-9 now, Jeremy, comes the call from Robert Pires, audible even to those watching on TV at home, with the San Siro stunned to silence. Within seconds of coming on, a 20-year-old Aliadere teed up his fellow Frenchman to score the final goal in the Gunners' 5-1 routing of Inter Milan. It wasn't his only contribution to that historic 2003-2004 season. He also played 10 Premier League matches, earning a winner's medal with the rest of the Invincibles. Plucked from France's famous Clairefontaine Academy, Jeremy made his Arsenal debut in 2002 and shone brightest in League Cup campaigns, scoring notable goals against Liverpool and Tottenham Hotspur during the run to the final in 2006-2007. Julio Baptista, position forward, born. 1st of October 1981. Other clubs, Sao Paulo, Sevilla, Real Madrid, Roma, Malaga, Cruzeiro, Orlando City, CFR Cluj. Arsenal games stroke goals, 35-10. Another to have represented both clubs, Julio the Beast Baptista, arrived in London in 2006 in a one-year loan swap deal from Real Madrid with Jose Antonio Reyes going the other way to participate in Arsenal's first campaign at Emirates Stadium. Blessed with a powerful frame and a rocket of a right foot, his clear gunner's highlight was hitting four goals in a 6-3 victory at Anfield in the League Cup, and had Jersey Dudek not saved his penalty, it would have been five. Julio returned to Madrid to help Los Blancos retain La Liga title in 2007-2008. Last month, he joined CFR Cluj in Romania's Liga 1 to continue his career as he heads towards his 37th birthday. David O'Leary, physician, manager, born 2nd of May 1958. Teams managed, Leeds United, Aston Villa, Ali Ali. David O'Leary demonstrated his capacity for leadership during his playing career. A calm and confident centre-back, he captained Arsenal in the early 1980s and gained the all-time appearances record for the club, 
representing the Gunners 722 times while playing alongside six of the players at his disposal today. He was hired as Leeds United's assistant manager under his old boss, George Graham, in 1995 and stepped up to his first full-time managerial position at Ellen Road two years later following Graham's departure. In the Yorkshire club's best era in modern times, Leeds became genuine Premier League contenders under O'Leary. He led them to a third-place finish in 1999-2000 stroke and the semi-finals of both the UEFA Cup and the Champions League, whilst nurturing and integrating an exciting generation of rising stars such as Jonathan Woodgate, Alan Smith and Harry Kuehl. O'Leary managed Aston Villa to a top-six finish in 2000 and left his most recent post at UAE Giants Al-Alil in 2011. Words by Chris Towers. This concludes this section on Arsenal Legends. Happy Campo. Name, Ivan Campo. Born, San Sebastian, Spain. February the 21st, 1974. Teams. Alaves, Valencia, Valladolid, Lone. Real Mallorca, Bolton Wanderers, Ipswich Town, AEK Larnaca. Position, defender, midfielder. Spain caps, four. Goals, zero. Real Madrid games, 60. Goals, one. With his distinctive mop of curly hair, Ivan Campo was an eye-catching addition to the Premier League when he joined Bolton Wanderers from Real Madrid in a surprise loan move in 2002. But he soon became known for his combative and committed approach rather than just his hairstyle. The barrelling defensive midfielder made the move permanent at the end of his first season and went on to play nearly 200 times for Sam Allardyce's side, helping the Trotters finish sixth in 2004-5. Campo was something of a trailblazer. The cosmopolitan Premier League hadn't known many Spanish success stories at that point, but Campo's impact helped pave the way for further stars to arrive from Iberia, including the likes of Cesc Fabregas and Santi Cazorla. But it was during his time at Real Madrid that Spain international Campo made his name on the global stage, winning the Champions League in 2000 and La Liga the following year. He's now back at the club to pull on the famous shirt for today's Legends game. How would you describe your time playing in England? After playing in La Liga, it was a very big change for me. I was playing at a very big team before at Real Madrid, and when I moved to Bolton it was a very small team. But we had fantastic players, and it was great to work under Sam Allardyce and with the fans. I had a fantastic experience in England. You played, and scored, against Arsenal's Invincibles in 2003-4. What was it like to play against that team? They were a fantastic team, with fantastic players working under a superb coach in Arsene Wenger. When I had the chance to play at Highbury, it was a great moment, because they are a big team, and you think of all the players they've had. When you play against a fantastic team, you must do a lot of things, and you must try not to enjoy it too much. 
Arsenal fans will always remember a particular goal of yours, from 40 metres against Tottenham. Laughs. It was a fantastic goal. It was actually from 45 metres. It was a good moment for me, but a really bad moment for the goalkeeper. You were a big part of Bolton's glory days in the Premier League. Has it been difficult to watch them struggle over recent years, although they seem to be on the rise again? I had some fantastic years at Bolton Wanderers with JJ Okocha, Jorkev, Fernando Hierro, Nakata and a lot of other players. We had fantastic moments with a great atmosphere in the Reebok Stadium with the superb fans. I think maybe four or five years ago they had a very bad period and I hope the Bolton boys will arrive back in the Premier League because they're a superb club. I hope they have a fantastic moment this year or the next year and they can play with the big teams. Before Bolton, you had played for Real against Arsenal in Lee Dixon's testimonial in 1999. What do you remember about that game? For me, Highbury is a fantastic stadium. It was my first time playing in England and at this stadium, and it was a wonderful experience. It was a great game for a superb player, and we enjoyed it a lot. It's been a long time since you played for Real back in 2003. What's it like to pull the shirt on again now? With Real Madrid and Arsenal, you must enjoy playing for or against these teams. For me, when you play for Real Madrid or Arsenal, or you play against Tottenham or Chelsea, you are living a very fantastic experience because they are very big teams. How much does it mean to you to be part of Real Madrid's Legends Association and raise money for their foundation through games like these? These games are about helping other people, and this will bring a fantastic atmosphere in the stadium. For us, it's very important to travel to London with great players, teams, friends, and we will all enjoy playing. How's your fitness? Do you expect to be keeping up with the players who have just retired from the game? Well, I think the Arsenal and Madrid teams have some super big names, and with the players in this game, I think it could be too much for some of us. How competitive do these games get in your experience? Even though you play a game at 44 years old, you still think the same. You want to enjoy it, and you want to win. But the most important thing is that we can still continue playing these games. Has your temper calmed down since you played over here? We remember plenty of yellow cards and a few reds. Laughs. No, no, no. I can't remember some things like my yellow cards or red cards. But at the moment, no, I'm not like that anymore. At Real Madrid, I was a very hard defender and I changed my position in England by playing in midfield, and that made it very different for me. Finally, what do you think of the current Arsenal team? They're all different players, of course. I remember when Arsene Wenger had fantastic players like Pires, Henri and Vieira, too many great players at a big team. And now they have good players under Unai Emery. The football is different. And they're different in their ideas and ways. Emery is a good coach with very big experience in the world of football. 
Arsene Wenger had over 20 years at the club and had a great time. But now Emery wants to change some things, and that's OK. The football will be more tactical now, and the players are different. The players must train and believe in his ideas if they want it to work. Manchester City are playing the ideas of Guardiola, and Arsenal must now learn the ideas of Unai Emery. Did you know? Ivan picked up 45 yellow cards and one red card against Arsenal in his 172 Premier League outings and scored 13 goals. Classic Encounters 13th of the 9th, 1962 Friendly, Highbury, London, England Referee, Led Hearn, Netherlands. Billy Wright made Terry Neal his captain at the start of the season at the age of just 20. Arsenal produced a special glossy programme for the game that was double the price of the usual edition. Although Arsenal finished seventh, it was enough to qualify for the Fairs Cup the following season, their first foray into Europe. The final score, Arsenal nil, Real Madrid 4. Scorers, Gento twice, Pushkas, Dauchik. During the summer of 1962, the reigning Spanish champions and five-time European Cup winners, Real Madrid, announced that they would be undertaking a tour of Great Britain later in the year. That tour turned out to be games against Celtic on September the 10th and Arsenal three days later. Despite having gone almost a decade without a trophy, the Gunners showed they were still the side that foreign teams wanted to play against, even more so with Billy Wright now at the helm to herald a new era for Arsenal. However, Wright found out that managing a top club side was somewhat more difficult than the England youth team he had previously been in charge of. Having won the first two games of the season, his team then hit an awful run of form by losing five and drawing one of the next six. On top of this, a number of players were unhappy, none more so than midfield star George Eastham, who had proclaimed that he would never play for Arsenal again. David Court, pictured in the hard copy, had made his first-team debut on the Monday before the Real Madrid game as Eastham's replacement, and kept his place for the prestige-friendly. Madrid who has surprisingly crashed out of the European Cup to Belgian champions Anderlex in the preliminary round, beat a tough Celtic team 2-1 on Monday, then travelled down to Highbury for the game on Thursday, and they gave Arsenal a lesson in how to play the beautiful game. Despite being well advertised in the matchday programmes leading up to the game, only 32,574 turned up, Many fans were probably put off by a hike in the admission price. Arsenal started brightly with full-back Eddie McGill and winger Johnny McLeod forcing saves from Arakistain, but then Madrid took control of the game. Amazingly, Arsenal kept Madrid at bay in the first half, which finished goalless once Antonio Ruiz has seen a goal disallowed. Real made four substitutions at half-time, something that wasn't looked on favourably by the press, with Bill Holden of the Daily Mirror calling them stupid and utterly unnecessary. The great Francisco Gento set the tone for the second half, 
when he also had a goal disallowed and then finally broke the deadlock in the 63rd minute. Alfredo Di Stefano had by now taken control of the game, his work rate belying his 36 years. Gento drove home a second goal six minutes later, and Ferek Pushkas, the other veteran of the team, put the game beyond doubt with ten minutes remaining. Janko Dacic finished the scoring soon after, leaving the Spaniards enough time to entertain the crowd with an array of flicks and tricks that bordered on arrogance. Such was Real's dominance, free-scoring Joe Baker wasn't given a sniff at goal, as he was shattered all night by defender José Santa Maria, whose nickname was The Wall. Playing for Arsenal were McKechnie, McGill, McCulloch, Neil, Brown, Snedden, McLeod, Court, Baker, Barnwell and Skirton. For Real Madrid, Araquistein, substituted by Vincente, Casado, Miera, Muller, Santa Maria, Pachin, substituted by Zacco, Ruiz, substituted by Daucic, Amancio, Di Stefano, Pushkas, Gento, substituted by Casado, Ruiz. In the hard copy of the programme, there is a full black and white photograph of the legendary Alfredo Di Stefano ran the show for a rampant Madrid. Bobby on patrol. Name, Robert Pires. Born, Reims, France, October 29th, 1973. Teams, Metz, Marseille, Arsenal, Villarreal, Aston Villa, Goa. Position, midfielder. Arsenal games, stroke goals. 284, stroke 84. France caps, stroke goals. 79 stroke 14. For Robert Pires, today's match is particularly special. A self-confessed Real Madrid fan growing up, Robert was actually on the verge of signing for today's opponents in 2000, before a phone call with Arsene Wenger persuaded him to join us instead. Six years later, our iconic former number seven did have the chance to play at the Bernabeu, coming off the bench to help us to a historic 1-0 Champions League win en route to the 2006 final. And he was back in the Spanish capital earlier this summer, starring as today's team served up an entertaining fixture in which we were narrowly beaten 2-1. Our captain in that match, Robert, tells us he can't wait for today's return game. And this time he's determined to finish on the winning side. Robert, how does it feel to represent Arsenal legends? First of all, I'm very happy to be here. I'm always proud when I put the Arsenal shirt on. I think we have a very good squad with good players. All of them, I think, are fit and have prepared and they're focused on this game. Which opposition player are you most looking forward to facing today? I saw the squad of Real Madrid and they have very good players and names. But I think the guy who is very fit is Raul because he's very professional, even now. He's retired, but I think Raul is the player who's in very good condition. Most importantly, of course, today's game is for a very good cause too. For me, it's very important to play for the Arsenal Foundation, because you're thinking about other people, for the people that live in Jordan, in Iraq. If you raise a lot of money, for example, 
like the £1 million against Milan two years ago, I know the Arsenal Foundation raised a lot of money for these people because these people need a lot of money so that we can save the children and build some pitches. That's why it's very important. I'm very proud to play for the Arsenal Foundation. This must be a particularly special game for you because we've always heard that you grew up as a Real Madrid fan. Is that right? Yes, it's true. I've been a Madrid fan for a long, long time because my mum is Spanish and all of my family members follow Real Madrid. Of course, my first idol was my dad, but after that, it was Michel, who was, for me, one of the best midfielders in the world. At this point, I said, wow, this guy is very good and I want to be like him. I want to be a professional because Michel was very good and a very good example. He used to play for Madrid and that's why I followed them for a long, long time. What was it that you liked about Michel? He was elegant on the field, with very good technique, vision and ability with the ball. I said, wow, I love this guy because he plays simple. And I don't know why, but the feeling with him was that he was very good. I said to my mum that I wanted to be like him. You were pictured in a Real shirt before you joined us. What's the story behind that? It was the summer of 2000 and for me it was a very difficult time because Juventus, Arsenal and Real Madrid had all said they wanted me to sign for them. When I was there I met a Spanish journalist and I wore a Madrid shirt and some journalists took a picture. All the people, especially in Spain, said it's nice because he will play for Real Madrid but the problem is that two or three days after this picture I called Arsene Wenger and he changed my mind so that's why I signed for Arsenal. For me, I think it was the best decision in 2000. The first destination was Madrid, because Madrid was, and still is, one of the best clubs in the world. And after my decision, some people, especially my family, said, Robert, are you crazy? Madrid is the best club in the world. I said, maybe, but I called Arsene Wenger and talked a lot with him, and he changed my mind. So that's why I signed for Arsenal. I think in the end it was a great decision. Of course, games against Madrid would always evoke memories of that Thierry Henry goal at the Bernabeu. What do you remember of it? I think it was one of the best goals I've ever seen, especially in the Bernabeu against Real Madrid. The squad was unbelievable and the nickname for Madrid was the Galacticos. Figo, Roberto, Carlos, Beckham, Zidane... So for Arsenal, it was an outstanding performance. It was a perfect night for Arsenal. I remember it because Thierry picked up the ball very far away from the target. He turned and he went alone. One dribble, two, three. I was behind Thierry, but it was very difficult to follow him because he was very, very fast. Thierry was an amazing player. He was one of the best for Arsenal. As you say, when you name their players... Madrid at the time had made a point of assembling a squad full of superstars. What was it like to actually beat them? I love Real Madrid because it goes back to when I was young and even now sometimes I support Real Madrid. If you play for Arsenal and play against Madrid then you need to fight for Arsenal and to beat Real Madrid. So for me it was very good and I was very, very happy to beat Madrid, especially at the Bernabeu.
The Arsenal Foundation, the power of football. There are plenty of reasons behind us staging today's match. A chance for us to watch heroes of bygone eras make their return to the pitch. An opportunity for the players involved to resume age-old rivalries. Not to mention the prospect of revenge for us after Real Madrid legends beat us 2-1 at the Bernabeu earlier this year. But they all pale into insignificance in comparison to the undisputed primary cause behind today's game. We are all here today to raise money for those who really need our help. Since the Arsenal Foundation collaborated with Save the Children back in 2011, our partnership has raised more than £2.5 million for children who have nothing. Together we've helped kids caught up in emergencies all over the world, bringing football to war-torn and poverty-stricken regions with the aim of providing relief from the struggles of daily life. So where exactly does the money we raise go? Earlier this month, our former captain and current academy manager, Per Mertesacker, visited Za'atari refugee camp in Jordan to launch Coaching for Life, a programme co-developed by Arsenal and Save the Children, to build children's courage and inner strength through football. Our work at the camp had started already. In 2013, Martin Keown opened a Save the Children pitch at Za'atari, giving youngsters a safe place in which to hone their skills. So while in Jordan, Per got to know the children for whom this pitch, and by extension the power of football, has become a massive part of daily life. It was a visit that will stay with him for a very long time. Per, what has your time at Za'atari refugee camp taught you? When you're here, it's different. Circumstances are different to what you're used to, so it can give you perspective. Sometimes you find it difficult to find infrastructure in refugee camps, but I'm seeing right now that Save the Children is doing an excellent job in setting up an infrastructure for refugees. We, as Arsenal, are able to raise money and have funds to build pitches, but also have a programme in place to actually coach the coaches here to be here long term. That's something I've found already during my short time here. It's also great to see that football brings joy to everyone. For me, being here, I forget everything about the circumstances and the surroundings when I just play football with the kids. That's something genuine, and I think it's what we all share. How have you found it in the camp? Obviously it's different. It's weird sometimes to fly in for just a day and speak to some of the guys. To have this experience and encourage others to have this experience is incredible for me. I've worked in mental hospitals throughout my life and gone into schools as a professional footballer so I can cope with these situations. The more I do, the more I experience, the more I see how important it is to build up strength and partnerships with organisations that really make a difference in the world. That's what I see here. When I hear about the infrastructure here, what they've built over the years for those who fled to Jordan. It's just amazing. If you can just be a little part and reach out to kids and just experience what they've been through, plus the fact that they're really happy and enjoying their lives, even if they live in cabins, it's just great to play a part in this and build something very special. It's not just about them playing football. It's about equipping them for life and giving them opportunities. Everyone's been taken away from their home countries, so having a partnership with Save the Children gives them a chance.
It's such an amazing story, and we should talk about it more to encourage more people to come here, more people to give money. Sometimes you don't know where the money ends up, but here you can see that the money is well invested in children. When we lose children, everybody loses in the world. With our partnership, we are able to reach children. Not enough yet, but hopefully soon. We're trying to be a role model to other clubs, other organisations, with how we have formed a strong partnership to actually partner up and be a role model. Has this trip illustrated the positive effect football can have on mental health? Football's not always great at supporting mental health. To build a structure is not enough, in my opinion. To raise money and build a pitch and then just leave them alone is not enough. That's very difficult, and that's what people forget. We want to be here for the long term to make a bigger impact. We need to reflect every 20 weeks to look at what they've done here with coaching, how we can improve their ability to coach, and even those guys who live here in the refugee camp. It's great to see where the funds go and for me to meet youngsters and to speak to them about how football has impacted their lives. They have a big dream and I'm totally cool with them having that big dream of being a professional footballer. But they are very limited and we're trying to give them hope. That's the best environment you can create for those kids to make a difference. Everyone makes their own experiences in professional football. Everyone is different. Everyone has his own story. But it helps that I tell my story. Someone else can tell their story and it's different. That will support the youngsters in the long run because they can see there's more than one way of achieving your goals. They do that here as well. These people here have fled from countries and I have no experience of that. So I just talk to them about it. They just want to focus on what's happening next for them. And it's great that they have education here. They have pitches here where they can train twice a day. It means they don't have too much time to reflect on the tough times in their life. They just think, the next thing for me is to focus on when I'm playing football. We have to encourage that. I'm here to be a role model for them, and they're just so thankful for me being here and showing some presence. That makes me feel grateful and puts my new role into perspective. The whole experience is more than football, but here, football is their life. While in Jordan, you've met a young boy named Mohammed. We gather he wants to follow in your footsteps and become a professional footballer when he's older. Yes, he was very, very clear. He wants to be like me. He was trying to explain that he's versatile. He's more technical than me and has skills already that I never had. I encourage that and I think he's able to live with that dream because of Arsenal and save the children. We're not going to take that away. Football is his life and you have to respect that. With the background and the background of his family, it's just amazing how well established they are here. They have been living here for six years, the whole family fled. They don't know what's going on at home or how long they're going to live here. For him, it's just about going day by day, enjoying the football, enjoying going to school and doing it twice a day. It gives him so much and we have to work towards reaching more and more kids that you can give football and joy to. I forget the surroundings and where I am. Football is just a way of life. He has that dream to be like me and to go to Europe. I probably know that his dream is limited, and it depends so much on the circumstances and what the future holds for this refugee camp. But for now, they're just happy that they've found their second home and they've built something here that they're proud of. 
The dad is proud of his kids, his house, his cabin, his garden, his son who plays football. Just seeing him happy makes the whole family happy. Even his younger brother wants to be like him. There's a kind of dynamic in the refugee camp that's interesting to see. They're so positive, so welcoming in an environment where we would never stay for more than two days. That is actually more sad, in a way, than thinking about what their country will be like in the next five or ten years. No one can say. Even if they go home, the crisis, the war has destroyed 90% of their country. To rebuild that and to give him the opportunity he needs and deserves. We're trying our best to have an impact here to find a way to encourage him. How important is it for him to have that dream? I think these kids are not only dreamers. They're trying to make the best out of what they have. It's amazing to see the cabins where they live. They make them beautiful. They're not dreamers, they live in the present, and that shows me that they want to develop and get the best for their kids to make them happy. Obviously football creates so much attention, and them just following football and seeing it on TV sometimes, when they have electricity, gives them so much. They can spend time together, but as well it can give them some hope and some future. At some point, there's a limit. As long as we can reach them and make them happy, it's an amazing experience just to be part of it, and to see it. I've been at Arsenal since 2011, when the partnership with Save the Children started. We've raised so much money at charity balls, and the team was included in that. We've seen a lot of pictures, a lot of documentaries. Alex Scott visited Iraq, and that was very touching to see the pictures. But to actually be here is different. As long as we can keep raising money and trying to make the funds to make little steps, like improving the coaches to use the pitches as best as possible, things like giving them more opportunities, more confidence than just having pitches here. We try to look long term, but actually it's the next little step. Raising money and keeping the players aware that it makes a difference. During your playing career, you have almost no chance to visit these places, so it's a privilege for me to be here. Finally, Per, you are now involved in creating a new environment at Arsenal too, as the new academy manager. Yeah, to get a job at Arsenal, to be the academy manager, is great. I'll be trying to create an environment where youngsters can learn and improve every day. It feels good for me to leave something behind, to close a chapter. At the end, I didn't want to play in front of people anymore. It's good to have that transition from playing to being an academy manager. Now I'm looking after myself and the next generation coming through, preparing them for the opportunities that they face in life. It's not just about football, and that's a big challenge. That's what I want to create in my next chapter, and I feel really good about it. I don't regret anything, that I've stopped or that I've closed my chapter of playing. I'm in a very good position, and that's why I wanted to come out here. There was just the feeling that I could leave it behind. Words by Nick Bromsack. This concludes this section from the Arsenal Foundation. Classic Encounters 811-1999 Lee Dixon Testimonial Highbury, London, England Referee, Dermot Gallagher, England Attendance, 22,486 November 8, 1999 Arsenal 3, Vieira, 
12, Bergkamp, 41, Maltz, 71, Real Madrid, 1, Carambeau, 73. On January the 29th, 1988, George Graham paid Stoke City £350,000 for Lee Dixon. Having played a handful of games during 1987-88, to he made the right-back berth his own from the start of the following season and retained it for the next 11 years, despite the media trying to convince everyone he was getting too old. During that time and the next three years, after which he retired, he won four league titles, three FA Cups, the European Cup Winners' Cup and 22 England Caps. Lee's loyalty was rewarded with a testimonial game against the Spanish Giants, whose manager, John Toshak, brought over a strong squad, minus the injured Nicola Anelka. Arsenal's team included a number of fringe players, along with Celtic's Ian Wright, who had agreed to turn out for his former teammate. Wright, however, caused mayhem in the dressing room before the game had even started, when he gave fans outside the East Stand an unexpected present. Mark Overmars and Daforsuka's shirts. Vic Akers had to get replacements from the Arsenal shop, which delayed the kickoff by 20 minutes. With the game being played mid-season and both teams being involved in the hunt for domestic and European honours, the game was played out in a less aggressive manner than you might normally expect. This allowed plenty of opportunities for both sides to express their natural skills and entertain the crowd. It took just 12 minutes for Patrick Vieira to open the scoring, when he coolly slotted the ball under Bizzari after Ivan Campo failed to clear Emmanuel Petit's through ball. Then, shortly before half-time, Dennis Bergkamp doubled the score, ghosting into the penalty area and converting a perfect first-touch lob from Davor Suka. Arsenal made five substitutions at half-time, giving a rest to those players that had played in the North London derby the previous day. And then Wright was introduced, to rapturous applause, with 20 minutes remaining. However, Stefan Maltz overshadowed the return of the prodigal son a minute later, when he scored with a superb diving header from Mark Overmars' cross to make the game safe. Immediately following the third goal, John Lukic replaced Alex Manninger but his first touch of the ball was to pick Christian Carambeu's short-range shot out of the back of the net, as Real backed a consolation goal. But that was as good as it got for the Spaniards. After the game, Dixon joked, it was great to play in Ian Wright's testimonial, and added, the atmosphere was brilliant, and it surpassed all my dreams. Every player likes to think he is appreciated, and the fans tonight were really magnificent. Arsenal. Manager. Substituted with Lukic in the 71st minute. Dixon. Winterburn. Substituted with Vivas in the 46th minute. Vieira. Substituted with Hughes in the 46th minute. Grimandi. Upson. Lundberg. Substituted with Overmars in the 46th minute. Petit. Substituted with Vanazza in the 62nd minute. Suka, substituted with Wright in the 70th minute. Bergkamp, substituted with Canu in the 46th minute. Silvino, substituted with Maltz in the 46th minute. Real Madrid, Bizzari, Salgado, 
substituted with Carambe in the 34th minute, Roberto Carlos, substituted with Dorado in the 68th minute, Mac Manaman, substituted with Itoo in the 62nd minute, Morientes, substituted with Onyenovic in the 85th minute, Seydorf, substituted with Raul in the 46th minute, Campo, Guti, Helguera, Caranca, Julio Cesar. Lee Dixon played a total of 619 first-team games for the Gunners, the fourth highest in the club's history. The two mascots for the night were Lee's children. Interestingly, neither named him as their favourite Arsenal player. Both teams reached European finals this season. Madrid won the Champions League, while Arsenal were runners-up in the UEFA Cup. El Galactico Jardinero by Josh James Not many people can claim to have given nearly 10 years' service at both Real Madrid and Arsenal. In fact, the Bernabeu's Director of Grounds and Environment, Paul Burgess, is probably the only person who can. Paul is a familiar face to many Arsenal fans, having spent 13 years with the Gunners preparing the award-winning hybrid playing service from 2000 until the move to Emirates Stadium in 2006. Instrumental in the pitch design at our current home, he ensured the same high standards were maintained following the move, partly through the use of a state-of-the-art lighting system that he introduced to the country. He won five Premier League Groundsman of the Year awards, plus seven other turf awards, before becoming the first English groundsman to move to a high-profile foreign team in 2009. After arriving in Spain, Paul revolutionised the way the European giants looked at pitch maintenance, raising the standard of the playing service at both the Bernabeu and training complex. Now Blackpool-born Paul is renowned as one of the world leaders in his industry, leading the way for other English groundsmen to move into Europe. He also works as a consultant for UEFA and FIFA, and attends conferences on pitch maintenance and care around the world. So, on a weekend when legends of Arsenal and Real Madrid are reconvening again, we spoke to Paul about his time at both clubs. Paul, tell us about your time at Arsenal. He said, I was 18 when I left Blackpool FC to become Steve Braddock's assistant at Arsenal in November 1996. It was just after Arsene Wenger joined, so I was one of his first signings. There were only two groundsmen at the club then, Steve and me. At the time, our training facilities were at the University College London, and it was UCL who employed the ground staff. But when we moved to our own training ground, Steve moved there to concentrate on those pitches, and I took over as head groundsman at the stadium. That would have been season 1999-2000. to 2000. I remained stadium head groundsman for ten years, including the move to Emirates, and did three years in the new stadium. The move was obviously a big project that we worked on for about three or four years before we actually left Highbury. How did the move to Real Madrid come about? He said, I'd always said I wanted to work for a big club abroad one day, so when Real Madrid got in touch, it was an exciting offer for me. It was a great opportunity, and Ajax was also a possibility, but the move to Madrid really appealed. 
It was good timing. I'd had the challenge of maintaining the standards at Highbury when it was becoming an old stadium, then oversaw the move to Emirates and finally staged our first ever concerts, so I thought it was the right moment to go and try a new challenge. How did you cope with the move? He said it was a massive change. The culture of groundskeeping is very different in Spain and my job spec was very different. I went from being in charge of one pitch to taking over the largest training complex in Europe. Also, the Benabar is a complicated stadium to grow grass in. They didn't have a history of looking after the surface, but we've sorted that out and now we're one of the biggest departments in the club. They used outside consultants before I joined, and they would relay the turf regularly, but, to be fair, they bought in to my methods. When I started, they asked me if it was possible to have a good pitch in this stadium. I said they could have the best pitch in Europe, as long as they did the right things. They backed me, and we soon got it to the level we wanted it, at the stadium and the training ground too. How did you adjust to everyday life in Madrid? Paul said, It was hard at the beginning. I couldn't speak the language, the weather was tough for growing grass, and I was on my own for the first year without my girlfriend Melissa. I did think, What am I doing here? But I cracked on with it, got my head down, and then bore the fruit of it. It soon became easier when I worked out how to deal with the climate and how the club operates. It's very different to Arsenal. Rail is a members' club, basically, and it's totally different to what I was used to. Not necessarily better or worse, just different, and it took some getting used to. I grew up a lot as a person, too, because I had to work in a different way to what I was used to at Arsenal. It was difficult to get my message across as well until I learned the language. I'm still learning it. I've been here nine and a half years now, so my Spanish probably should be better. But I'm very settled now. Melissa, who's now my wife and who also used to work at Arsenal, and I have two kids and I have no interest in leaving. I sometimes think one day I would like to go and work in America if possible. But we're happy here. Do you come back to London much? Paul answered, not often. I do a bit of work for UEFA and FIFA, so I'm sometimes at conferences. In fact, I'm in London this weekend, taking my son to watch England versus Spain for his birthday. He was in tears during the World Cup when Spain got knocked out. I reminded him that he's half English and they're still in it. Then he went through it all again a week later. Do you still follow Arsenal? What can you tell us about Unai Emery? Paul answered, Yes, of course, I watch them when I can. Emery did a great job at Sevilla. He was very successful there. He has a very good reputation here in Spain, and his record speaks for itself. Hopefully, he can win trophies for Arsenal too. I'm very proud to have worked for Arsenal and now Real Madrid. I had 13 great years at Arsenal, and it was a fantastic time to be at the club under Arsene Wenger. I was at the Legends game in Madrid in June, and it was great to see some familiar faces. These are two huge clubs. It's been a privilege to be involved with both of them in my career. Paul's time at Arsenal coincided with one of the most successful periods in the club's history, just as his spell at Real Madrid has covered four Champions League titles in the past five years. 
So we asked him to select a combined 11 from the two teams, selecting players who were at the club at the same time as him. Inca Casales, Lauren, Tony Adams, Sergio Ramos, Marcello, Luca Modric, Patrick Vieira, Robert Pires, Dennis Bergkamp, Jerry Henry, Cristiano Ronaldo, Subs, David Seaman, Tony Cruz, Ashley Cole, Javier Alonso and Raul. Real Life Story Name Mesut Ozil Born Gelsenkirchen, Germany, October 15th, 1988 Teams Schalke 04, Werder Bremen, Real Madrid, Arsenal Position Midfielder Real Madrid Games Stroke Goals 159 Stroke 27 Arsenal Games Stroke Goals 199 Stroke 37 Germany Caps Stroke Goals 92 Stroke 23 I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The three years that Mesut Ozil spent at the home of today's opponents were vital in shaping the career that has followed. Our number 10 was just 21 when he signed for Real Madrid, arriving in Spain after impressing for Germany at his first World Cup in 2010. During his time in Madrid, Mesut established himself as one of the world's foremost playmakers, forming a deadly partnership with Cristiano Ronaldo that helped fire Real to the league title with a record 121 goals and 100 points in 2011-12. Mesut also played alongside members of this afternoon's Real Madrid legend squad, who he credits with helping him to settle and then thrive in the Spanish capital. Mesut, it's a very special afternoon at Emirates Stadium today. As a former Real player yourself... What are your main memories from your time there? 
Firstly, the huge fan base, the huge stadium. It's a huge club and I have great memories with success from over there. I have good friends over there too and I enjoyed my time there. When you think back to finding out that you would be joining Madrid, what can you remember about it? Where were you and what was your reaction? I was with my friends and family in Mallorca. I had a break after the World Cup and spent my time there. It was at this time that I heard Madrid wanted me. What was my feeling? I was nervous, happy and thankful as well because Madrid is such a big club and I was dreaming of playing there because my idol was Zinedine Zidane. When you're a new player, you're a little bit quiet and nervous in the dressing room because there were lots of big players there and it was a big club. I met Zidane in the dressing room and that was a highlight for me. Tell us about that first meeting with Zidane. It was in the dressing room. Jose Mourinho made him a coach and he came in and shook our hands. You know, at that time, my hand was sweating. I wanted to speak to him and he was really relaxed. He was very good, very calm, and I really enjoyed that first meeting with him. You always seemed very calm and very relaxed on the outside. When you saw him come into the dressing room, what were you like on the inside? Well, when I was a child, no one believed that I would play for Real Madrid. Of course you have a dream to play for the big clubs and you give everything on and off the pitch to reach your goals. At the end of the day, the first time I saw him at Madrid, I had a lot of things in my head. I thought about when I was young and would buy his shirt and then play with it on in the cage near where I was born and grew up. The feeling was positive, but I was nervous. At that time... Which teammates helped you settle in and feel like part of the club? I'd played with Sami Khedira at youth level for Germany and we had both played in the Bundesliga. He helped me a lot. He moved two or three weeks before me. Sergio Ramos and Karim Benzema helped a lot too. I lived on the same street as Sergio Ramos and he really helped me. Of course, Cristiano Ronaldo was there at the time as well. What do you make of his recent move to Juventus? He's a big player and he'll score a lot of goals for Juventus. Of course, he was a big, big player in Madrid. He helped the club reach their aims, winning the Champions League and La Liga with his goals and presence on the pitch. I think he'll be successful at Juventus as well because they are a very good team. I know his mentality. He always wants to give everything on the pitch and wants to score to help the team. I wish him all the best there. You also played with Zabi Alonso, Alvaro Arbeloa and Jerzy Dudek who were all in action for Real Legends when we played them back in June. Did you always think they'd be the sort of guys to want to play in these games? I had a good time with those guys as well. You look at Zabi Alonso and he won everything in his career. I wish them all the best and hope they'll enjoy playing against Arsenal legends. Both clubs have had really good players in the past, so it will be a nice match. You're good friends with Robert Pires. What would your advice be for him going into today's game? Robert Pires is a legend 
I think he'll be successful because he still has talent. He's trained with us over the last few years and he's still able to do so. I think against the Legends team he'll score and give some assists too to make sure Arsenal are successful. Is this type of game an apt way to make money for some very worthy courses? Of course, it's the most important thing about the game, that we can help a lot of people who need it. I'm thankful that the players are coming over to play and help make money for something good. And finally, do you think it says a lot about the players that even when they've retired, fans still want to watch them play? Both clubs have had big, big players, big legends in the past. It will be a good game. It won't be a friendly. We'll see some quality and I'm sure the fans will really enjoy it. I wish both clubs all the best and will keep my fingers crossed for them. Classic Encounters Arsenal became the first English team to defeat Real Madrid at the Bernabeu. Florentino Perez, the Real president since 2000, resigned on February the 27th, 2006, just six days after the home defeat by Arsenal. Cesc Fabregas was the only Arsenal player to appear in every European game in the 2005-2006 campaign. 21st of February, 2006. Champions League, round of 16, first leg. Bernabeu, Madrid, Spain. Referee. S. Farina, Italy. Attendance, 80,000. February 21st, 2006. Real Madrid, nil. Arsenal, 1. Henri, 47. This was undoubtedly one of Arsenal's finest nights. The Gunners stunned the hosts with a fantastic performance full of free-flowing football and dominated right from the start, to the point where they could have been two up in the opening quarter of an hour. In only the second minute, Ica Casillas saved from Jose Antonio Reyes, and then Freddy Lundberg took the ball round Casillas, only to be foiled by a perfectly timed tackle from Roberto Carlos. Both of these early chances were set up by Thierry Henry, who was imperious throughout, while Arsenal's overall passing and quality left Madrid's Galacticos unusually flat-footed. However, for all of Arsenal's undoubted dominance, only a save with his feet by Jens Lehmann in the 33rd minute kept David Beckham from opening the scoring. But the former Manchester United midfielder withdrew that missed opportunity when Henri deservedly scored two minutes into the second half with a strike of individual brilliance. The Frenchman picked the ball up just inside the Madrid half and surged past Ronaldo, Major, Guti and Sergio Ramos before shooting past Casillas into the left-hand corner to stun the Bernabeu. Raul had the host's best chance after emerging from the bench later in the half, but he could only head a Beckham free kick just over Lehman's crossbar, and so it remained 1-0 at the final whistle. Arsenal had defeated the star-studded but fading Galacticos, and this result was seen in many circles as the beginning of the end of this era in Madrid's history. The Galacticos project had been instigated by Fiorentino Perez to bring superstar footballers from around the globe to Real Madrid year on year. But now that policy had appeared to have run its course. 
the Gunners' win was made even more special as Arsene Wenger drafted youngsters Emmanuel Eboué, Mathieu Flamini and Philippe Senderos into the defence to replace experienced stars such as Ashley Cole, Sol Campbell and Lauren, who were missing through injury. At the final whistle, Henri and Real's leading player on the night, David Beckham, embraced and swapped shirts. While Henri went on to say after the game, I knew I would get one chance. We had wasted chances in the first half and I told myself I had to take the next one and I did that. Because I scored, people will put me ahead of the team. But the whole team was tremendous tonight. But we have to stay calm and focused. We have only won one game and we are not there yet. Wenger was obviously delighted with the result but wary about the next leg, stating... We are a young team, but winning a game like this helps them to mature. This is a result that will help us come together. My only regret is that there were one or two opportunities for more goals, and unfortunately we could not take them. It was indeed a fine result, but the second leg was finally poised as Wenger prepared to set up the Gunners to defend their slender lead in two weeks' time. Real Madrid, 4-1-4-1. Casillas. Cincino, Ramos, Woodgate, Major 9, Roberto Carlos, Gravesen, Batista 76, Beckham, Guti, Zidane, Robino, Raul 63, Ronaldo. Subs not used. Corbeno, Salgado, Casano, Diogo. Booked. Cincino, Casillas. Arsenal, 4 5 1. Lehman, Ebue, Toure, Senderos, Flamini, Lundberg, Hleb, Pires 76, Gilberto, Fabregas, Song 90, Reyes, Diaby 80, Henri. Subs not used. Almunia, Walcott, Juru, Lupoli. Booked. Gilberto, Reyes. Words from Arsenal history. This concludes Classic Encounters. New Kid on the Block. Name Alvaro Arbeloa. Born Salamanca, Spain. January the 17th, 1983. Teams Real Madrid, Deportivo La Coruna, Liverpool, Real Madrid, West Ham United. Position Defender. Spain Caps 56. Goals 0. Real Madrid Games 155. Goals 3. As one of the youngest Real Madrid legends on display today, Alvaro Arbeloa should be one to watch, as he marauds up the flank from his usual position as right back. In fact, he may have to cover plenty of ground all over the pitch to help some of his older teammates. But that shouldn't be an issue for a 35-year-old who only hung up his boots in June 2017. He's also one of very few players in the Los Blancos squad to have played a competitive match, or indeed any sort of match, at Emirates Stadium. The Spaniard having spent two and a half seasons at Rafael Benitez's Liverpool between January 2007 and July 2009. His reputation enhanced by a sojourn that included a Champions League final, just five months into his career in England. He eventually returned to his boyhood club three years after leaving to join Deportivo La Coruna.
He went on to enjoy a trophy-laden seven-year spell back in the Spanish capital. Alvaro wasn't just successful at club level. He won 56 caps and was part of Spain's golden generation that won two European championships and a World Cup between 2008 and 2012. Throw in the fact that he's now an ambassador for the club he served so well, and Alvaro's relative youth doesn't prohibit use of the word legend in any way whatsoever. And happily, despite playing for one of the Gunners' great rivals on the domestic front, he has a huge amount of respect for the team he'll be facing this afternoon. Alvaro, how much did you enjoy the Legends match against Arsenal at the Bernabeu on June the 3rd? I loved it. It was a great experience to play at a full Bernabeu for a great cause. It was great to see lots of my teammates again too, as well as other players I used to idolise. Lots of the players still looked in very good shape. Players like Figo, Seydorf, Raul and Guti keep themselves in great condition. Plus Arsenal have players that keep themselves fit, like Analka and Pires. Lots of players are still in very good shape. At 35, you're one of the youngest legends on the team. How good is it to see players of 40 or 50 years of age still enjoying themselves out on the pitch? I think it's great. It's normal. Even though we have to retire, we're footballers until we die. Football is part of our lives, so any opportunity to play is good. These games are friendlies. But are you really able to take it easy when there are so many elite players involved? I see it as a game to enjoy, but for me, enjoyment is also about trying to win, giving your all, putting the effort in. I don't think you have to choose between the two. Definitely not. How pleasing is it to be able to play matches that help to raise money for charitable causes, like those supported by the Real Madrid and Arsenal foundations? It's an honour. It brings me huge satisfaction that this type of spectacle can be used to raise funds for charitable projects, especially when really important foundations like those of Real Madrid and Arsenal are involved. You had some memorable battles with Arsenal during your professional career. What do you remember of those games? Arsenal have always been a very tough opponent and one that always forced you to produce your best game. They have had some wonderful players. When I played for Liverpool, we had some great games, so I have some really good memories of those. You participated in Liverpool's 4-2 win over Arsenal in the quarter-finals of the Champions League in 2008. It's a game that the Gunners fans still have painful memories of, especially because of that amazing finale. Yeah, I had just picked up an injury, so I wasn't able to start. I came on as a sub in injury time, but I remember it being an epic game with lots of twists and turns. Then Liverpool scored two goals virtually at the death. I think it was one of the best Champions League matches ever. Arsenal played some spectacular football. They were worthy opponents. Coincidentally, your last game as a professional footballer was for West Ham United against Arsenal. How difficult was it to decide to hang up your boots? It was something that I thought long and hard about. I weighed up all the pros and cons, and in truth, I think it was about my motivation and the psychological side of things, rather than fitness. 
Sometimes things don't turn out the way you planned. But I thought about it at length, and I think I made the right call. Finally, tell us what you're up to now. I'm a global ambassador for Real Madrid, and I also work with Real Madrid TV. I'm helping to expand the club's brand at the institutional and sporting levels, and part of that means teaming up with the Real Madrid Foundation. Did you know Alvaro won eight trophies at Real Madrid and three with Spain, and was a world and European champion at both club and international level? Classic Encounters, 8th of March 2006, Champions League Round of 16, Second Leg, Highbury, London, England, Referee, M. Lubos, Slovakia, Attendance, 35,487, Words from the Arsenal History, By reaching the quarter-final, Arsenal had equalled their best performance in the competition, which was, of course, improved upon this season. Raul is currently third on the list of all-time European Cup Champions League scorers. Thierry Henry is in sixth place. Arsenal didn't concede a goal until the final against Barcelona. In the whole 13 games of the tournament, the Gunners only let in four goals. In this match, Arsenal nil, Real Madrid nil. Arsenal welcomed the most successful team in Europe for their first competitive appearance at an expectant but nervous Highbury. Arsene Wenger decided upon the same tactics that had succeeded in Madrid two weeks earlier, utilising five across the midfield with Thierry Henry in the lone striker position. The plan was clearly to pack the midfield and rely on runners to break from deep in support of the Frenchman. Wenger's counterpart was Juan López Caro, a relatively unheralded appointment, who had replaced the sacked Vandalie Luxembourgo the previous December after spending four years in charge of the club's B team. He added Raul to the starting lineup and played with two up front, but the extra striker made no difference as once again Los Blancos failed to breach a solid Arsenal defence. The Gunners withstood all that Real could throw at them. The assault starting as early as the third minute when Ronaldo missed a chance before being robbed by Gilberto's tackle when put clear after a well-timed flick by Raul. But Arsenal created chances too and came closest to breaking the deadlock in the first half when Jose Antonio Reyes hit the crossbar with a fierce drive. In fact, he and Thierry Henry both had a number of efforts in the first period. After an hour of play, Raoul slammed a half-volley off a post, and having watched that shot rebound off the upright, his next goal-bound effort was kept out superbly by Jens Lehmann. Beckham, aside from setting up Raoul, was a peripheral figure on the right for much of the game, his appearance notable more for his frustration at the nagging attentions of Mathieu Flamini than it was for his trademark pinpoint crosses. Both sides continued to create openings. Henri was denied by Ica Casillas, and in injury time, the Spanish keeper was caught out after coming up for a corner. Arsenal broke forward and Robert Pires shot from inside his own half, only to see his goal-bound effort cleared just by Roberto Carlos. There was still time for Lehman to deny Robinho before the final whistle ended the enthralling encounter.
This win, which belied the Gunners' poor league form, propelled them into the last eight. A justifiably excited Wenger said, I'm very proud of my players. It was a great night for the whole club. It was a great nil-nil, a great football game, and both teams had a go at each other. But if you had told me that we would play Real Madrid twice without conceding a goal with so many defenders out, then I would have been delighted. You know before a game like this that your keeper will have to make at least one save. He has been brilliant all season, but it was a team performance. Nobody expected us to be the last English team in the competition. We will represent the country with dignity and style. Playing for Arsenal in 4-5-1 were Lehmann, Eboe, Toure, Senderos, Flamini, Lungberg, Gilberto, Fabregas, Kleb, substituted by Bergkamp in the 87th minute, Reyes, substituted by Pires in the 67th minute, Henri. Subs not used were Almunia, Diaby, Song, Walcott and De Giro. Booked was Henri. Real Madrid playing 4-1-3-2 were Casillas, Salgado, substituted by Robinho in the 84th minute, Ramos, Bravo, Roberto Carlos, Graveson, substituted by Batista in the 67th minute, Beckham, Guti, Zidane, Raul, substituted by Cassano in the 73rd minute, Ronaldo, subs not used, Diego, Hulguera, Chichinho, Diogo, Booked were Guti, Roberto Carlos, Graveson and Bravo. Real Madrid Legends Each year since 2010, the Real Madrid Legends have assembled at the world-famous Estadio Bernabeu to host the club's annual Corazon Classic match against the past greats of Europe's biggest sides. The occasion raises fantastic sums of money for the Real Madrid Foundation, which is dedicated to the fight against poverty in a number of African nations. It was this event that the Arsenal legends had the honour of participating in back in June. The host's record in the nine fixtures to date is mightily impressive. They are undefeated, dispatching of the legends of AC Milan, Bayern Munich, Manchester United, Juventus, Liverpool, Ajax, Roma and the Gunners, drawing only with Inter Milan and accumulating an aggregate score of 32-15. to 15. This side travels too. They last visited England in 2013, beating United 2-1 at Old Trafford with ex-Liverpool striker Fernando Morientes taking centre stage, scoring the opener before setting up Ruben de la Red to win the game with a delightful chip, having also netted a brace in the Legends' side's 4-0 thumping of Roma last year, the now 42-year-old Morientes could prove Real's most potent goal threat this afternoon. Yet the Los Blancos squad taking to the pitch at Emirates Stadium for today's showcase, is stacked with star names from down the years. With Emiliano Butragueno making his competitive debut in 1984 and Alvaro Arbaloa departing the club in 2016, 
The visiting players represented Real's first team over a period spanning 33 years, during which time the club claimed 12 La Liga titles. The much-vaunted Galacticos era began at the turn of the millennium, under the stewardship of now-president Florento Perez, who pledged to complete one stellar signing each summer. First came Luis Figo in 2000 from fierce rivals Barcelona for a then world record £37 million, followed by Zinedine Zidane in 2001, Ronaldo in 2002 and David Beckham in 2003. A host of names from that era are reunited in North London today, including powerhouse left-back Roberto Carlos, midfield linchpin Claude Makélélé and homegrown hero Raúl, who, in addition to playing more games for Real than any other player, also amassed more than 100 caps for Spain. This afternoon's match is made even more special by the fact that contests between Arsenal and Real Madrid in any capacity are exceptionally rare. To date, the only competitive meetings between the clubs were the two legs of the 2005-06 Champions League quarter-final. Raul and Roberto Carlos both featured on those unforgettable nights for the Gunners. As did resilient right-back Michel Salgado, one of seven Real Madrid legends to have also played club football here in England. He and Ivan Campo will enjoy rolling back the years and bringing a bit of steel to a fantastic lineup that is guaranteed to entertain. Meet the president, Davosuka. Name, Davosuka. Born, Osijek, Croatia. January the 1st, 1968. Teams, Osijek, Dynamo Zagreb, Sevilla, Real Madrid, Arsenal, West Ham United, 1860 Munich. Position, forward, Arsenal game stroke goals, 39-11. Real Madrid game stroke goals, 86-38. Croatia game stroke goals, 69-45. Playing up front for the Gunners today will be a 50-year-old legend of the game who has achieved a remarkable amount during his long football career, including stints at both this afternoon's clubs. Davor Suka enjoyed a successful season with the Gunners in 1999-2000, scoring 11 goals in 39 appearances to fire the team to the UEFA Cup final and second place in the Premier League. The Croatia international had starred at both Euro 96 and the World Cup two years later, top scoring in France with six goals and being voted second best player in the tournament behind Ronaldo. A Real Madrid player while excelling in France, he scored 58 goals in 86 games while at the Bernabeu and played a leading role in the historic Champions League victory in 1998. Already a La Liga legend when he joined Real in 1996 following five goal-packed seasons at Sevilla, his later career featured a stint at West Ham United and finally two seasons at 1860 Munich in Germany. Now as successful an administrator as he was a player, Davor is president of the Croatian FA and as such had a hand in their remarkable run to the World Cup final this summer. 
Yet, despite his many responsibilities at the head of the Croatian game, Davor was not going to miss the chance to turn out at Emirates this weekend. How much are you looking forward to the game, Davor? Personally, I'm so excited to play at the Emirates. I think it's one of the best stadiums in the world, and I can't wait to see a lot of people who I've forged friendships with in the past. Of course, playing for the benefit of so many charities is really great, as is playing in front of the fans. I can't wait for a wonderful day in London, and I want to thank Arsenal for inviting me. It will be a privilege now to play at the Emirates. All my life I've had football in my blood, and I think this could be one of the good days. I'm excited. The two games are likely to raise a great amount of money for both Arsenal and Real Madrid's foundations. Is this something that's important to you now that you're in a position of authority in the game? Yes, and I think we need to give back to football in this way. Ex-players and players in the future need to do that. I'm glad that I can be a part of that for the club this weekend, and also for UEFA, FIFA and the Croatian FA. I'm just so glad to be able to be someone who can help. Are you match fit and ready to go? Laughs. Fitness is not so good. I'm a little bit exhausted from everything that went on with Croatia over the summer. 40 days working at the World Cup. But don't worry, there will always be a goal in my boots and I hope that if I get a good chance I can score. Some of the legends still look in the kind of shape they were in during their playing days. Of course, some can do that. They can train every day. But I'm not able to. I'm not dedicated to the football. I'm working in administration and there's less time for training. But don't worry, I'm in good enough shape. I'm more relaxed and just really excited to see ex-teammates from Arsenal and Real Madrid. I know everyone from both sides has the mentality of winners, but I hope it's a nice game with lots of goals so the fans really enjoy it. You're in an unusual position as both an Arsenal and Real legend. Firstly, what was your highlight of your time at the Bernabeu? Winning the Septima, the seventh European Cup, when we beat Juventus in the Amsterdam Arena after 32 years of not having won the trophy. It paved the way for Real Madrid to go on to claim 8, 9, up to 12. And for Arsenal? My most treasured memories are playing at Highbury, such a historic stadium, and scoring goals there. And of course, if I could change my life in football, I would change the penalties against Galatasaray when Patrick Vieira and myself missed. I would like to change that moment. But that's part of football. It's not always about winning. Sometimes you lose and that's just part of it. But Arsenal fans were amazing and the club, Arsene Wenger, David Dine, it was an amazing club and now Ivan Gazidis has done a very good job too. It was memorable for me and so great to have played with some of the world's best players when I was at Arsenal and make so many good friends. I'm a rich guy in friendship through my football. And as a Sevilla legend, are you taking an interest in how former boss Unai Emery is getting on? Yes, and I wish him and the team all the best winning trophies and making history. I think Unai Emery is a great guy, and I hope he can bring success to the Arsenal fans at the Emirates. Did you know, after three substitute appearances, Davo made his first start for Arsenal against Aston Villa in September 1999? and promptly scored two goals in four minutes either side of half-time. This concludes the section on Meet the President. Classic Encounters
0348-238-2008. Emirates Cup, Emirates Stadium, London, England. Mark Clattenburg, England. Attendance 60,081. August the 3rd, 2008. Arsenal 1. Adebayor, 49, penalty. Real Madrid, nil. With Arsenal now firmly settled in at their shiny new home, the Emirates Cup entered its second edition as the players warmed up for the 2008-9 season. Having won the inaugural competition, they were hoping to retain the trophy, especially with the previous season's top scorer, Emmanuel Adebayor, having just signed a new contract. The Gunners had undergone a massive overhaul of playing staff since the teams last met two years previously. Emmanuel Abue was the only current player who had featured in that memorable Champions League game at Highbury. Madrid's team had also undergone major surgery, with only five players surviving. The 2008 Emirates Cup remains one of the most open we've ever seen. The Gunners had lost 1-0 to Juventus on the opening day, while Real Madrid had beaten Hamburg 2-1, thanks to goals from Ruud van Nilstruy and Dani Parejo. But then Hamburg beat Juventus 3-0 earlier on the Sunday, which meant that Arsenal knew that they had to win and score at least four goals to top the table. Before the game, there was an emotional moment as Eduardo walked onto the pitch. It was the striker's first appearance in front of the Emirates Stadium crowd since he suffered a horrific leg break in February and he had kept a low profile by spending the previous five months undergoing rehabilitation back home in Brazil. Arsenal had the better of the early play. Robin van Persie and Abu Dhabi tested Jersey Dudek, but the former Liverpool keeper produced two fine saves to deny them, and he had to be at his very best to push a looping header from Emmanuel Adebayor over the bar. Theo Walcott also forced the Polish stopper into a save with a shot across the face of the goal that would become his trademark. Madrid's attack was kept at bay by a resolute Arsenal defence that resulted in Julio Baptista barely having a touch. The game was decided shortly after the restart, when Michel Salgado brought down Van Persie in the penalty area. Adebayor's powerfully struck spot kick into the top right corner gave Dudek no chance, despite him guessing the right way. Real tried to spice things up by introducing the Dutch trio of Arjen Robin, Wesley Snijder and Van Nistelrooy, but even they were unable to create any serious chances, and it was left to 16-year-old Jack Wilshere to show them how to do it. Having made his home debut the previous day against Juve, he replaced Samir Nasri after 74 minutes, and within minutes set up Nicholas Bentner with the perfect opportunity, only for the young Dane to take too long on the ball before it was cleared for a corner. With neither team being able to break down the other, the game finished 1-0 to leave Real as runners-up and Arsenal in third place behind winners Hamburg. Arsenal, 4-4-2 Almunia, Sanya, Clichy, Danilson, Gallas, substituted with Juru in the 88th minute, Senderos, Walcott, substituted with Eboe in the 64th minute, Diaby, substituted with Ramsey in the 73rd minute, Nasri, 
substituted with Wilshire in the 74th minute. Adebayor, substituted with Bentner in the 74th minute. Van Persie, substituted with Vela in the 64th minute. Real Madrid, 4-2-3-1. Dudek, Salgado, Heinzer, Garcia, Torres, Diara, substituted with De La Red in the 78th minute. Guti, Calhoun, substituted with Schneider in the 46th minute. And Parejo in the 60th minute. Baptista, substituted with Robin in the 46th minute. Robinho, substituted with Saviola in the 60th minute. Raul, substituted with Van Nistelrooy in the 46th minute. This win meant that Arsene Wenger's Arsenal teams had an impressive record of three wins and a draw against Real Madrid. Wenger had taken the team away for the usual pre-season training camp in Hungary and Austria, where they beat a Bergenland 11-10-2. The following weekend, Arsenal took part in the Amsterdam tournament and won it by beating Ajax and drawing with Sevilla. Highbury Heroes The Rothmans Golden Boots Awards luncheon on September 9th, 1971 had a very special guest, Real Madrid legend Fenech Puskas, a striker so dazzling and so revered that FIFA later named their Gold of the Season award after him. The purpose of the lunch was to unveil the 1970-71 Team of the Year, which featured Arsenal's Frank McClintock and Peter Storey, with Ray Kennedy receiving the Young Player of the Year award. In gold was the great Gordon Banks of Stoke City and England, and he took great pleasure in receiving his award from the Hungarian, who, as one of the greatest players of all time, was a particular hero of Banks. After the awards, some bright spark suggested that 44-year-old Ferenc, who had retired five years earlier, finishing his career at Real Madrid, and Gordon have an impromptu penalty competition, to which they agreed. After a few phone calls, Arsenal opened its doors and Highbury hosted this rather remarkable event. As member of the Gunners ground staff, Pat O'Connor recalls, I remember walking down to the clock end and seeing Pushkas on the centre circle, says Pat, who still works for the club as a driver. He flicked the ball up and juggled it all the way down to the goal and smashed it in the top corner. What a player and what a great team both Hungary and Real Madrid were in the 1950s and 60s. Pushkas still hit the ball like a rocket with that left foot. He had put on a few pounds but seemed to love every minute of it, as did Gordon. Also pictured is Jimmy Hosey, assistant groundsman at the time. I recognise a few more familiar faces from back in the day too. I was an electrician then and there were quite a lot of us on the ground staff. It was very much a different time and a real family atmosphere at the club. There wouldn't have been any problem downing tools for a while to watch something like this take place. I remember a few of us used to go up to the bookies on Blackstock Road, owned by Chelsea defender Mickey Droy's family. 
though I'm not saying if he went during working hours or not. I've been an Arsenal fan all my life. I grew up on Benwell Road. To have worked for the club since 1965 has been a real privilege. This was just one of many, many memorable moments from my time at Arsenal. For the record, Pushkas took 10 penalties. He scored six. Banks saved three, including this one. And the other flew over the crossbar into Pat and his colleagues. Today's teams. For Arsenal legends, manager David O'Leary. Red shorts with white sleeves, white shorts and red socks. One, David Seaman, goalkeeper. One, Jens Lehmann, goalkeeper. Two, Pascal Segan. Three, Nigel Winterburn. Four, David Hillier. Five, Perry Groves. Six, Anders Limpar. Seven, Robert Pires. Nine, Davo Suka. Ten, Tomasz Rasiski. Fourteen, Stefan Schwartz. Fifteen, Ray Parler. Eighteen, Gilles Grimandi. Nineteen, Gilberto Silva. Twenty, Matthew Upson. Twenty-one, Louis Beaumorte. Twenty-three, Saul Campbell. Thirty, Jeremy Aliadier. For Real Madrid legends, manager Rafael Garcia Cortez. White shirts, shorts and socks. One, Cesar Sanchez, goalkeeper. One, Pedro Contreras, goalkeeper. Four, Francisco Pavon. Five, Alberto Rivera. Five, Julio Cesar Santos. Six, Julio Lorente. Seven, Emilio Butragueno. Seven, Raul Gonzalez. Eight, Jesus Enrique Valesco. Eight, Alfonso Perez. Nine, Fernando Morientes. Ten, Ruben de la Red. Eleven, Jose Emilio Amavisca. Twelve, Ivan Campo. Seventeen, Alvaro Abeloa. Eighteen, Victor Sanchez. Nineteen, Fernando Sanz. Twenty-four, Claude Makelele. Today's officials, referee Mike Dean, assistants Darren Can, Daniel Robertson, fourth official Peter Banks. Next at Emirates Stadium, Arsenal versus Vorst Club Poltava, Thursday, September the 19th, 8pm. Arsenal versus Everton, Sunday, September 23rd, 4pm. Arsenal versus Brentford, Wednesday, September the 26th, 7.45pm. Arsenal versus Watford, Saturday, September the 29th, 3pm. Arsenal versus Leicester City, Monday, October the 22nd, 8pm. The Arsenal Foundation is a registered charity number 1146668. Puma One. Play perfect. Gatorade. It all begins from within. Every victory starts from within. That's where the heart and the drive live. The determination to come up big when it matters most. 
But no athlete does it alone. They need training and fuel to perform. Gatorade is proud to fuel any athlete who believes greatness comes from within. Gatorade, win from within. Copyright 2013 S-VC.H Gatorade and G-Design are registered trademarks of S-VC.H. everything once in a lifetime in Australia and New Zealand. Don't just visit, live it. From the rugged outback and spectacular coastlines to adventure sports and natural wonders. Choose from seven destinations on emirates.com slash UK. Hello tomorrow. Emirates. 